Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Uh, before we get things started on the season finale of 7th Heaven Season 5, uh, why don't everybody that's gotten the stickers that's won the first ever Camden Cast giveaway should uh, send us... Send us pics of your sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Stick pics. Stick pics. And you can, or put, post them on Instagram and hashtag yeah, Camden Cast show and we'll us. Fi- or like at us or something yeah, on Twitter. Show us, show us what you're doing with them. Um, where are you putting them? We're excited that they're out in the world. Maybe we're going to start taking our extra ones and putting them on like subway stations. <laughs> start, and it, yeah, and maybe we'll if start you're, being vandals. Yeah, maybe if you're in New York and you spot it, you can be like, spotted, Camden Cast. Spotted. <laughs> Anyway, um, in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be covering season five, episode 22. The title is just in English is just R. And then in parentheses, it said like part two to 109, which (laughs) doesn't really make sense. Um, And in Germany, the title is Devoured Paths, which is the same title as the part one of this two part episode. Our IMDb user synopsis is... Robbie gathers the courage to tell Mary openly. Now her lies are exposed. Their relationship is over. Staying with the family, his priority. Simon nurses his broken heart on account of Dina, refusing to become just friends again. Wilson bonds while bunking with Matt and Robbie and demands for Mary to return and go steady in New York or break up completely. Jeremy forgives Lucy for doubting her fiancé's fidelity. Ultimately, Eric helps her transfer to his New York alma mater near Juilliard. The Camden parents finally realize Serena and James are seducing them, ward off each suitor, and match the lonely hearts. I just want to say that Robbie is spelled two different ways in this. (laughs) So, anyway, what was your first impression of this season five finale? I'm going to say that this is the first time that 7th Heaven has done a two-part season finale right um, I think my com- my complaints usually have been that they'll introduce really intriguing points in the first part and then solve them within the first five minutes of the second part and then create all new conflicts in the second part. But this one actually, like, went through all the stories that were created in the first part and, like, concluded them in a manner that took up a nice chunk of the episode while still also keeping us, like, giving having a finale vibe and also having us excited for what's going to happen next. Um, like they've set up some points for some cliffhangers to carry over to season six, which is exciting too. I don't think we've ever had a cliffhanger besides, oh, I guess we did have one in the last episode when we didn't know if Matt was getting married. Was that last season? Um, when maybe that was two seasons, maybe that was the end of season three, I I think. And then in the first, no, I was going to say when Mary gets hit by the car, that's the first part of the two part episode. So we know what happens there. Well, anyway. We'll get started with the cold open, which is, I guess, 7th Heaven copping out, really. But I thought it worked really well. Um, In this scenario, this would usually be where you'd have a previously on. Um, But instead of doing previously on, they just had Ruthie tell Simon everything that happened. While Simon was at Dina's house. Or, like, out with Dina. So, um, we're not going to go through that because it was a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's been, you know, if you were listening to the last episode, you knew. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really the cold open, and we get the opening credits. Uh, and then we'll start with John and Priscilla's storyline. Because they are the least 
consequential people in the episode. So anyway, as we know, John is like, my family won't be able to make it to our wedding. My grandmother is sick. We have to go to New York. It's going to be like we have to call off the wedding. So um, Priscilla's like, that's fine. We have to be with your family. We're not getting married without your family. You should be with your grandmother. I got us tickets to go to New York. So they pack up, they go to New York. Um, Priscilla's parents somehow have now come around on the, well, I guess because the wedding is being canceled, they're happy now. So they meet John and Priscilla at the airport and they're like, oh, if you need us to do anything, um, let us know. John and Priscilla give them the Camden's number and are like, if you need help canceling anything here, reach out to them. Um, but we gather that something after John and Priscilla get on the plane, like Priscilla's parents hint that something is going on, but we're not exactly sure what. Um, but anyway, um, John and Priscilla get married in the hospital in New York because Priscilla's parents fly to New York as well. And they and Reverend Hamilton marries them at the hospital and that's it. So they're married now. And this is the last episode that Chas Lamar Shepard, uh, a.k.a. John Hamilton, will appear. And he was just promoted to a regular, like, this season. So um, this is it. I guess this works because this is his happy ending. This is the end of his arc. Like, he's been there for Matt. He's found a woman of his own. He's going to go off and have a new life outside of Seventh Heaven. Um, I mentioned this. I liked... I mean, I know that this like their storyline can get really annoying because it's so separate from anything else going on. Usually it's like somehow connected to Matt or something happening. Or Matt will come in and bother them. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciated the fact that we were shown like a normal, stable relationship on this show because <laughs> nothing exists outside of it. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. But was this even normal? Think of when Priscilla moved in and John oh, had all that resentment and he well, just didn't true. tell anyone. <laughs> but I just mean like, you know... I feel like it could have been more dramatic. Like, she could have thrown a fit about yeah. having to cancel the wedding, but instead she was like, we're going to go to New York and we're going to be with your family, and it's perfectly fine. It's a loving, healthy relationship. Yeah. And, like, their problems are, like, normal problems. Like, oh, you moved in. We have different personalities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that's, like, that's normal. It's not, like, the ridiculous... Lo- like, well, anyway... It's we not could like just I'm move getting on. engaged. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could move on to Matt's storyline, speaking yeah. of unhealthy relationships. So just to recap here, remember Cheryl has turned over a new leaf. Uh, she but wa- then immediately leaf- turned it back <laughs> over to the other side. Yeah. As soon as Matt like finally was like, "I'll tell people about us. I'm not ashamed of you." She's like, "Okay, let's have sex." So um, this is where we come back to Matt and Cheryl. Matt is he- hesitant to have sex with her. She's like, "No talking, more sexing." He's like, "Why do you want to have sex so badly?" She's like, "Because it's fun." No arguments there. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably the most normal thing that anyone on this show has ever said. Um, so there's a back and forth between them where we find out that Cheryl has not told any of her friends about Matt either. Uh, this is when the uh, imaginary, not imaginary, just that this pe- person doesn't like come up. Carol is introduced. And uh, Aaron and I have decided that that is obviously Cheryl's lover. Yes, clearly. Um, because Carol calls and Cheryl picks up the phone and, and well, no, I'm sorry. Matt picks up the phone and as soon as Cheryl gets on the phone she's like, oh, it's just my neighbor. Um, and we're like, okay, so she's lying about dating Matt and she's also like, none of my friends know about you. And she was like, Cheryl doesn't know I'm dating any, oh, I'm sorry, okay. Carol doesn't know I'm dating anyone. And also her name is Carol. As in from that movie that was that came out recently. Carol. Carol. Um, I, I don't know what movie came oh, out the, recently. I think it's like based, it's the, it's like the lesbian, it's uh, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. 
they're like lesbians in 1950s America or something. I don't know. I didn't um, watch it, but it was cool. good, apparently. <laughs> you didn't watch it, but it was good. All right, if you know the name of this movie, please email us. No, it's called Carol. Oh, it's that's why I made this joke. <laughs> never mind. I have never heard of this movie. It's I think it's based off the book The Price of Salt or The Weight of Salt, something like that. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm being very like You should know this. Yeah, you should, should know that I have never seen any movies. <laughs> so sorry. Anyway, the point is that after Cheryl was like all up in Matt's business about no like him not being public about their relationship, she hasn't been either. They have a weird phone call um, from both of their beds. They're uh, finally in bed together. together. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's like, I guess this, is, this means we're over. The reason that I didn't tell my friends was because that would mean that I would have to then tell them when we broke up. And she's like, we're just such different people. I knew eventually you would like break up with me. So anyway, it was nice knowing you. Good, we're too different. Goodbye. Um, but obviously that's not the end. The next day is Sunday, and the Camdens are all going to church, and Matt goes over to Cheryl's apartment to get her to bring her to church, and she's like, oh, I thought we broke up last night, and Matt is like, we did not. I don't exactly know what he says here. Something about, like, I don't know, being public with... He says, basically, that he knows that Cheryl wanted to have sex with him, and that's the reason that he postponed being public, because he knew as soon as they were out that... It, like sex would be on the table, and he doesn't. He's not casual about sex like Cheryl is. Although Cheryl, you we yeah. you said this. They like a few episodes ago. They had her character set up when she first met Matt that she was like, "You're gonna have to treat me right and all this crap before I even think about having sex with you." Then as soon as Matt told people that they were dating, she's like, "Okay, never mind. That's all it took. I'm ready to have sex with you." Because um, they could really have like cons- like. Completed the transfer, transfer, transformation completely or whatever. Well, like, dating Matt could have been part of the transformation. Yeah. Like, his, you know, emphasis on, like, sex isn't casual and, like, let's get to know each other better or whatever. But as soon as he told people that they were dating, she's like, all right, that's it. I'm no longer interested in knowing you. Yeah. Uh, she's like, exactly. Um, they come to, basically, Matt's like, look, I'm only going to have sex with until when I get married or with the woman that I know I'm going to marry or that I feel like I want to marry. Um, so they just are like, we barely know each other. Let's continue dating. I don't want to have sex with you, but I like you. And Cheryl's like, okay, you're way different than anybody else I've ever known, Mad Camden. <laughs> and he's like, that's me. And that's it. it yeah, so... I, I guess mean, they go to church. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll see if Cheryl comes back next season um, or if they're going to take the Seventh Heaven cop out of having them break up in the first episode of the next season. They better, because I can't stand the way that Cheryl talks. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go on to, uh, I guess, Simon, who's acting like a mini Matt this episode, I feel like, more so than any other episode I've seen him. I don't know. I so, feel like the entitlement thing, at least. Oh. Well, anyway, the episode starts in the cold open with Simon coming home from Dina's house and immediately leaving to go back to Dina's house because he hears about all the drama that's going on with Mary, Lucy, Wilson, Robbie, at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we see him, st- like, I think the first time we see him, he's standing outside of Dina's house, and yeah. Dina's father comes out of the house and is like, do you want to ride home? Do you want me to get Dina? Um, and if we don't recall, after, in the last episode... Um, Dina and Simon were hanging out all day and then they came home and her boyfriend was at the house and he was like, who are you? What are you doing with Dina? Um, and anyway, Dina gets back with him. Um, 
this really, so Simon's really bitter about the fact that, like, Dina's not with him and is with somebody else. Um, he was like, oh, she's no good, she's horrible, I hate her. She's incent, like, I don't know. She, he, like, throws a bunch of, like, insults. Well, this is, what, yeah, he's back at the Camden yeah. house. Um, and they were like, oh, I thought you were at Dina's house. And they were like, how is she? And he just is like, she's rude and she's heartless. She doesn't care about anyone but herself. She's selfish. Well, that's what that means. (laughs) Um, and all of these insults because he's angry that she's no longer interested in being with him. We have a couple more scenes of this where, like, Dina's trying to talk to him and he hangs up the phone on her. And he's just brooding. Yeah. Um, he, like finally comes to the Rev, and he's like, okay, the reason I'm so upset is because I love Dina, but Dina doesn't love me. But she still wants to try to be friends. And the Rev gives, I think, decent advice in that sometimes, like, you just can't be friends with the people that you love, um, and you kind of have to be, like, it's a self-preservation thing. Like, especially if that person doesn't love you back, like, you have to, like, get away from them. Um, so he's like, Simon, you just need to decide, can you live with the fact that she doesn't love you back or she doesn't want to be with you and be her friend? And he decides that he can't. And, uh, they meet up at church again. And this is when, goodbye, Dina, forever. Oh. Yeah. A moment of silence for Dina. Dina Stewart. And her outfits. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) It was a very brief moment. Um, yeah, this is the last the last time we'll be seeing Nicole Cherie, uh, who plays Dina Stewart on Seventh Heaven. So, yeah, that's it. All right. Um, I guess this is time for all the neck all the rest of the horrible girlfriends that Simon has. Yep. Yeah. There's no one good after this. His first girlfriend. It's the last good one. Um. So that's Simon for us. Oh wait. Uh, Ashley Simpson's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he dates her very briefly though. Uh, we will go, uh, we will do the Rev and Annie next. Um, remember where we left it off last time was the Rev at... with that seductress Serena. And Annie had just gotten kissed by James Carver, who had then ran out. Um, they spend the first, I think like the first 20, like a third of the episode, um, really just trying to handle everything that's going on with their kids. Annie's trying to get, like trying to tell the Rev what happened, she says something weird happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, And the Rev also wants to explain everything that went on with Serena. Or didn't. Uh, But before they can talk to each other, they end up talking to the infiltrators. (laughs) Um, So James Carver comes to the door. The front door. um, And the Rev takes him into the Rev's office. And then... Serena comes to the back door, and Annie's just in the kitchen with her. So they never see each other yep. with, you know, the, the other, other one's lover. Um, they both, both of the lovers, I guess, um, <laughs> co- like, come clean about what they've done. So James Carver's like, I kissed, I- I'm in love with a woman, Annie. <laughs> and Serena is like, I've been trying to seduce your husband. And I was like, no shit, like, everybody <laughs> knew this already. Um, so there's this whole, like, it's, I know this is not meant to be comical, but it's quite comical because, uh, the Rev is like, Annie who? <laughs> and then, like, it takes a minute and then he's like, my Annie? You kissed my Annie? Um, and, yeah. So I found that these two storylines to be probably the most boring out of anything in this episode. Because they take, they took what could be, like, potentially something that was really exciting, like, people trying to, like, come in on their marriage and made it, like... 
I know. They were just like, we totally understand why you're doing this. You're hurting. James, you're hurting because your wife passed. Serena, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're hurting. Um, so that's the whole yeah. thing. And then, of course, and t- you could totally tell this is going to happen before they even like start talking to them. Of course, in the end, when they are at church, um, well, the Rev is telling Serena, like, I found you a female counselor. And James is there, and Annie is like, we have someone we'd like to set you up with. So they have Serena and James, like, they're like, you're going to sit together at church, and then you're going to come over later, and we're all going to have dinner at our house. So That's the new The new couple. New couple alert. New couple alert, get gone out. You'll probably never see either of these people again. Um, I'd say that's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've pawned, uh, Ruthie, I think says it the best. It's like, who knew your girlfriend <laughs> and, and your, <laughs> your boyfriend, boyfriend would end up being a good couple or something, whatever Ruthie says. Yeah. Uh, Ruthie, unfortunately, doesn't have a storyline. She in this was just episode. the comic, yeah. you know, relief here. Just being the, you know, voice of reason throughout. Yes. So now we go into the clusterfuck that is, uh, Lucy, Mike, Jeremy, Mary, Robbie and Wilson. Yeah. Okay. That's all of them. Yeah. So for anybody who is not familiar with how the last episode ended, um, Robbie does not want to be with Mary. Uh, so and he lied about that. Mary, to hurt him, lied about having sex with a person named Jeremy. This person named Jeremy ended up being Lucy's Jeremy, who Lucy and Jeremy are now engaged. Uh, and Wilson shows up because he wants to win Mary back. Uh, so... Now, <laughs> um, we'll start with the fact that Mary and Lucy have a pretty, like, hurtful fight between the two of them in that, I don't know, I think both of them are wrong. Cause, yeah. Because Lucy's like, I should have expected this of you. you clearly well, okay, the thing that bothered me about this is they set up this conflict that can be resolved. It could have been resolved in the first five minutes because yeah. all Mary had to say was, I lied. I didn't have sex with Jeremy. I haven't had sex with anyone. I was just lying. But Which is instead, what she says in the first five minutes. But right. To but then, Ruthie. But then she goes to Lucy and she's like, let me explain. And it's like, there's nothing to explain. You just say that you lied and it's over. And then she's like, even if I did what you think I did, because they continue to not say sex, yeah. even though sometimes they say it, sometimes they don't. Um, but... Anyway. Yeah, because she's like, well, why are you mad at me and not mad at Jeremy? And she's like, because clearly it was your fault. This is the return of Lucy being the worst. I feel like we have not said this this entire season. Right. And a lot, like, probably not for last season either, so. So, anyway, we're saying it now. Lucy was the worst. In this season, Uh, She tells Mary that it must have been her, like, yeah, she's like, I am angry at Jeremy, but I know that it was more your fault than it was his. You are, like, a seductress, and you seduced him, and... This was one of your, part of your wacky plan. And he just fell into it, and, you know, was, like, no, no match for you. Uh, Mary's really hurt by the fact that, like, Lucy would think that she would have sex with someone else. Like, she's a Camden. They don't know what sex is. (laughs) Um, and Mary, like, voices this to Ruthie, where she's like, I'm always gonna be bad Mary, anytime somebody makes a mistake, it's gonna be my fault, like, there, I mean, like, but also, Mary, you did say you had sex with him, <laughs> like, right, like, why, like, if, I don't know, I will say that the one thing I did like about this was that the Camden parents 
were not involved. And I feel like if they were, it would have been worse. And two, that they immediately were like, Mary, it didn't do anything. Like, they were like, we know our daughter. Which I feel like they haven't known their daughter for a while. So. Right, like, she wouldn't have sex with Robbie, who she was, like, so in love with yeah. or whatever. So what? she's really going to have sex with Jeremy, who she met at a train station. Right. And they could have I mean, there's no problem with if she wanted want to have sex with Jeremy, who, who she, she met, met at the train, train station. station, but also Robbie is much better looking. And yes. she actually had like a previous relationship with him. So I'm more inclined to think she would have sex with Robbie. So Mary, for some reason, feels like she needs to straighten things out with Jeremy before she can straighten things out with anybody else. Uh, I want to also say that I don't understand, you you brought this up, why Jeremy hasn't been like, she's lying to anyone. Right, again, Jeremy could have cleared this up in the first five minutes as well and said, no, I met that girl at a train station once and we did not have sex. Yeah. Like, again, both of them should just come out and say, hey, like Mary should be like, I'm sorry, I lied, that was yeah. wrong. And Jeremy should just be like, what are you talking <laughs> about? This is all a lie. Um. So this, of course, leads to predictable television hijinks where lucy's like i need to go find jeremy but mary has already gone to find jeremy and when she finds jeremy she finds mary with him and this and like they're not even in a compromising position they're like playing basketball like they're at like one of those arcade game basketball things at the at the pool hall and, they're like, and it's not even like he's, like, behind her teaching her how to shoot or something. Or they're like, close to each other in any they're way. They're standing, like, two feet apart from each yeah. other, just, like, looking at each other, having a conversation. And it doesn't even look like a fun conversation. Like, she seems to be explaining something. He seems to be, like, Listening. Very, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, like, ooh, flirty, like, gestures or anything. Anyway, Lucy runs away. Uh, and she runs away to Mike. Now, uh, we've both really liked Mike this entire season. I think by the, by the end of this conversation, I was back to liking Mike because he explains why he had to say it, which is also a theme in like Simon's storyline. Um, but Mike is like, I don't understand. Like I didn't tell because Lucy says, you told me to get engaged to Jeremy so that that way I could move back East with him. And Mike is like, that's absolutely not what I said. I thought when you were presented with the option of going back East or staying here in Glen Oak, you'd see that I was here all along and you would realize that, like, you're in love with me, which is a very fuckboy thing to do. Right, exactly. And he's like, oh, I, you keep dating the wrong guys, the guys who hurt you, and that's what, this is why it didn't work for with Elena for me. I'm in love with you. I've always been in love with you. And by the end of this conversation, Mike just says, I needed to tell you because it hurts me to be friends with you and watch you keep going through this. So if you are not going to date me, I can't be your friend. I'm sorry. It hurts too much. Which I think is like the thing with Simon, too. Yeah. They're like, okay, that's fine if you can't be friends with someone you're in love with. But, like, both of them have to, like, say it out loud just so the other person knows. Like, okay, if it's going to happen, it's got to happen now or else we can't be friends. And I think this is much, it's much better to be honest like this than... To play that, like, ooh, I'm going to be your friend, even though I don't really want to be your friend, and wait in, like... And and then, like, one day you'll turn around and realize, I've been here the whole time. Which doesn't happen, folks. No. (laughs) Don't do this. This is a bit... Do what Mike and Simon did and tell the people you secretly love that you love them. I mean, unless you can't actually actively be their friends and you don't want anything more out of it, like, once you've realized there's nothing else, like, nothing else is going to happen, fine. But if all you're there for is for, like, that one chance, <laughs> then please don't. Ugh, okay. I mean, or do. It's not... I mean, we're not your bosses. <laughs> yeah. We do live your life As how you want. As to Vita. Yes. 
Um, for the non-Spanish speakers out there, it means it's, it's your, your life. life. <laughs> As Bon John, John Bon Jovi. John John Bon. <laughs> All right, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so I think, like, this This pretty much wraps up, right? It's my life. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's why I said it's my life. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. it's your life. It's, it's uh, your life. My bad. Anyway. Um, I think this wraps up. That's it for Lucy until the end, right? Until, like, we should yeah. marry now? Yeah, So, Ma- really not a whole much, not a whole bunch was really going on with Mary, other than she was going around and having these conversations with people and not telling, not just being like, hi, I lied. Um, we will say while Mary's out with Jeremy, it seems that Wilson and Robbie bond and bro out. I would rather have watched a scene with them, like, talking or, like, laughing or joking about something than, like, that happening off screen. I would, yeah. I think I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so she comes home and her and Robbie finally, like, talk everything out. And honestly, like, nothing new is said here. Robbie says what he said in the last episode, which was, like, I want to be a part of this family, but I didn't know if I could be a part of this family without dating you. Or while dating, dating you. <laughs> and she's like, look, you've cemented your, like, place in this family. Like You don't have to worry about it. Don't do anything you don't want to do, whether it's dating me or not dating me, because you're not going to get kicked out at this point. Like, it doesn't matter what we do. Um, my family likes you, so. And they won't turn your their back on you. Uh, we find out that it's now confirmed that Wilson and Mary were dating, uh, that, like, there's something real between them, and that she was running away from it because relationships are hard. This is true. Again. <laughs> Good. Maybe don't run away. But yeah, maybe or don't do, do that. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever you want. Um, Nothing matters. Um, so, they, like, we, basically, I feel like this is the, this is finally the end of the, like, book of Mary and Robbie. We've, like, now established that Robbie is at the Camdens to stay, but he's not, like... He's not really interested in being with Mary anymore. And Mary doesn't seem like she's interested in being with him either. Yeah. Um, so that's done for. Which I'm so, glad. The back and forth was getting annoying. Yeah. Um, and she says that it's only their... She says it's their third time trying. Again, it's only their second time because there was that made-up month that they dated, like, long distance. Uh, and so Wilson... The way that the cliffhanger ends for the episode is that Wilson uh, is like, well, you've talked to everyone. Oh, I guess we'll talk about, like, Mary and Lucy reconciling first, and we'll go to the cliffhanger. So they reconcile. That's, like, it's sweet. They're sisters. Mary's like, Lucy's like... They cry. Yeah, Lucy's like, I'm... Will will you accept your apology if, like, you know... She apologizes also, which I think is important, because she also said some hurtful things. Was very wrong. And... Lucy's still getting engaged to Jeremy. She's still engaged to Jeremy. Uh, she is going to, just like the user synopsis said, she's going to the semer- seminary that... The Rev went to because, I don't know, he's like, because of nepotism. Um, and Mike gives them their blessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his blessing, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. So I guess that's like something to look forward to next season is Lucy and Jeremy's falling apart. (laughs) Yeah, uh, clearly. Um, And it ends with the episode ends with a really good cliffhanger. Yeah. So as I said, Wilson's like, you've talked to Jeremy, you've talked to Robbie, you've reconciled things with your sister, your like with your parents. So now it's me. Like, do you want me or do you not want me? Do you want to come back to New York or do you want to stay here in Glen Oak? And that's kind of where the fades to black. 
Um, my last comment for this episode, before we like do a nice little recap of what the season was about, uh, is that Jessica Biel looked the best she's ever looked <laughs> in this episode. I like, I don't know. I was just kind of distracted by how nice she looked. <laughs> she looked pretty. Yeah. Uh, which made me inclined to think that her and Robbie should get together because they both were looking very good. Actually, we were kind of rooting for a lot of threesomes or foursomes or just like everybody. Yeah, it's just group. This the group, like just an orgy. Lucy, Jeremy, Mike, Robbie, Wilson. Well, well Mary, Lucy, Jeremy, Mike, Mary, all Wilson. Of them. And, yeah. Uh, at one point, we thought uh, Robbie, Wilson, and Matt because they were sharing a room. Um, the Rev, Annie, and their respective lovers. Yeah. Just you know, share the love. <laughs> I know they they wouldn't have any of these arguments if they all just got together. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> anyway, um, so season five. Yeah, what a road it's been. Um, do we want to rate this episode first before we oh, yeah, talk sure. about season five? What are you going to give this episode? I'm going to give this a five. Five out of seven. Yeah, that's a strong rating. Yeah, you know what? Me too. I'm going to give this a five as well. Um, so... I think going through the characters... Well, Mary just, like, boomeranged. Yeah. Remember, we, we had, like, seven episodes of, like, bad girl building, and then she got sent away, and then she came right, like, I mean, she came right back. Yeah. She didn't really go anywhere. But I think you're right. They've now cemented Mary as this character of, like, capable of doing bad things, so she's, like, been pigeonholed into this. And, and also her intelligence was questioned a lot yeah. in this season, which before I think they... In the earlier seasons, they made her very level-headed, and at least she had common sense, if not, like, book smarts. But now they've they totally turned that on his head. Um, Ruthie became, like, a real person. I'm really liking she's, Ruthie. She's come into yeah. kind of her own character now. Um, Lucy did a total, like, 180. Her, like, continuing, get, like, rewriting of history. And just becoming, like... I guess, again, I think it has to do with her becoming, like, the oldest sibling in the house and, like, stepping up and taking that really seriously, which might not be totally out of character. When she was younger, maybe she was kind of looking for a role in the family, so maybe... Now that she... Yeah, now that she is, like, the oldest sibling in the house, maybe um, she's kind of finding herself in that role. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I want to see... I mean, I don't know what we're going to get in New York. I'm assuming it's going to end very quickly, but uh, or it's not. I don't know. But um, I do want to see what she's like in college or slash in like. Uh, she goes back to being the worst. That's that's what that's for certain. She she reverts back to her old self eventually. I don't remember if it's in season six or season seven, um, but pretty much from the moment she gets married, she becomes terrible again. Um, I think the people that were most stagnant... Who will she marry? I think, actually, I think the character... (laughs) I think the character that had the most potential this season was Simon. But I think they wasted a lot of really good storylines. Like, he had a couple of moments, like that moment with the the CD, with the music that he was listening to and the crowd he was hanging out with. That was, like, a strong, like, growing moment for him. And then also, um, just, like these moments where he, like, was, you could see that he was, like, a per- the sex episode where, like, oh, is he going to have sex or is he not going to have sex? Um, but I feel like he was left in the back burner a lot, like... Yeah, for, like, like, in these episodes that were about him, he wasn't really the focal point. Yeah. I just thought, like, he's a freshman in high school, he's a boy who's a freshman in high school, we've seen Lucy go through her, like... 
changes. And, like, we, I, I think we could have had a chance to see Simon do that as well, and we didn't really. And I think the person who stayed the most stagnant, besides the Reverend Annie, is Matt. Oh, yeah. I could, like, and really, I, I did not care about Matt this season. No. As he, get, like, it's really, I don't care about him anymore. Um, I don't like what they do with his character, really, after these seasons. I don't, I think it's boring. It's, like... I don't know, more fun to... Do we know what our scale is right now? Where's Matt on our scale? I feel like we'll have to change it. I feel like he's probably going to go, like, way down now. I don't know where he is. I think he's, like, four. Right, so I I think... Well, Ruthie's always number one, right? <laughs> She's seven, though. Yeah, that's what I meant, seven. Um, and I feel like we had we kept Mary up at number six, didn't we? Yeah, I think that's fine. And then we had, there. And we had Matt at number five, I think, and then we had Simon... Annie, the Rev, and Lucy, but I think we can probably move Matt down to before Simon. I think we can move Simon up. Yeah. Uh, at the end, I think that's what I'm gonna do at the end of season five is move Simon up. Yeah, I mean he 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 really wasn't developed that much this season, but it's not through any fault of his, his own. own. <laughs> right. This fictional, fictional character. Yeah. I might even decide to move like Mer- Matt under Annie. Whoa, yeah, we, we like Annie now. Yeah, we, I, do, I do like Annie now, yeah. Annie's great. Um, but I guess we'll cement the scale once we start season six. Yeah. Because I feel like every time we start a new season, we try to... So update. if you want to know what happens in season six, we'll see you there at soundcloud.com slash camdencast or on the Apple iTunes podcast app. I always forget to mention it, but we also are on Stitcher. Um, so if you prefer to get your podcasts from Stitcher... Um, it's like stitcher.com and then you search Camden cast. Um, and our social media is facebook.com slash Camden cast. And our handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Camden cast show. And you can always shoot us an email at camdencast.gmail.com. Uh, we'll be back with season six. The next time you hear from us, I'm Tanby. I'm Aaron. And this is Camden cast.